What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Prospector Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jacob Suliano, and we're going to be going over a preview of Week 3 and what happened around the league. Jacob, how are you doing on this morning? Man, it's a cold morning, but it's football season, right? A little bit of a fall weather creeping in, right? We're first day of October, so we're starting to get into a bit of a spooky season, which is always fun. And, you know, anytime you think of fall, you think of football, fantasy football so you know things are going great best season of the year in my opinion and it's just getting started all right so today we're going to go a little more organized we're going to start with quarterbacks running backs wide receivers and then tight ends and then you know we could talk a little bit about some defensive kickers because you know they are a part of fantasy they are and i i'll be the one to tell you that i was the person on the flip side of getting beat by that indianapolis defense right i thought i won my week i played James Robinson on Thursday night, 27.5 points, right? I'm like, oh, this week's over. I don't need to worry about this. 28.5 points later from the Indianapolis Colts defense, I'm losing by three points. So it is what it is, but it's definitely frustrating when a defense beats you. <laughs> True. But they are part of the game, like you said. Yep. All right, so for quarterbacks, I have I wrote down five quarterbacks. You know, I didn't write down in my homes, but, you know, obviously my homes had a great week with, like, five touchdowns and yeah. close to, like, 400 yards or around 400 yards. So we definitely could talk about him. But the quarterbacks I wrote down from the past week were Josh Allen, who had 311 yards, four touchdowns, and also a rushing touchdown. He also fumbled again. That's his third fumble in three weeks, which is you know, a little scary. But, you know, he's been so good that, you know, the fumbles have been overlooked. I also wrote down Dak Prescott, you know, at 472 yards and three tutties. You know, another great game from Dak. But they also played a, a bad defense in Seattle. But Seattle came out on top because Russell Wilson is just MVP right now. I also wrote down Russell Wilson with 315 yards. He threw for five touchdowns. And then these are two more, like, non-top-tier like top tier quarterbacks, but more surprising performances. I wrote down Dar- Jared Goff, 321 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and he also had a rushing touchdown. And then another surprising fantasy week from Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he didn't throw the ball well. He had 160 yards, two touchdowns, but then he also had that rushing touchdown that made him more fantasy-relevant. Jacob, what's... Out of these quarterbacks, I know the top three I said are, you know, we see that pretty usual, but are you surprised at all about Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jared Goff? You know, can we see him forward as a, a potential QB1 in the league? They're your streamers, right? And I think feel like they've been, you know, maybe not outside of Jared Goff in 2018, but they've always been streamers, right? You can plug them in in a good magic, in a matchup. You know, Fitz Magic, right? You remember, and he'll have five touchdown games every once in a while. If you were watching that game, there was a point where he was like 19 for 20 on his pass attempts, right? Something ridiculous like that. He was extremely accurate. Not like the Jags, you know, defense or secondary is anything special, but he looked good. And you have to remember, that, that Patriots defense is no joke in the week before, right? And he, he had a bad week that week, right? So Fitzmagic is not a guy that you're going to want to be your every week starter, but someone for bye weeks, you know, maybe if you're a Carson Wentz owner. You know, something that I'd highly recommend if – you're one of if you drafted one of these guys like Carson Wentz that did not work out for you in the quarterback room. Take a two quarterback approach, right? Obviously, probably guys like Ben Roethlisberger are not available, or you know maybe you couldn't get a trade done or something along those lines. But if you can get someone like Jared Goff and Ryan Fitzpatrick, or God forbid, maybe someone dropped Gardner Minshew after last week's performance on your waiver wire, or maybe even Ryan Tannehill, if you can kind of have this quarterback committee, I know. Everyone hates the running back by committee approach, Doug Peterson. But pretty much if you can have that and just play matchups, right? So the thing with the problem with the Rams is they're not going to want to throw the ball. 
if you watch the first half of that Bills game, all the Rams wanted to do is run the ball. And they have a fairly solid defense on paper if you look at it. And they've played well. They've just played some really explosive offenses. So they're going to run the ball when they can. But if you can predict a negative game script for Jared Goff, when he's when there's no crowd and he's able to get play calls from Sean McVay and recognize what the defense is doing, he doesn't need to have a mindset like Tom Brady or Drew Brees or recognize defenses when he has Sean McVay who's just going to tell him exactly what's going on. So if you can predict the negative game script for Jared Goff, I definitely have him, you know, in your starting lineup if obviously you don't have one of those top guys. I will say this though. I was a doubter on Josh Allen, right? And I didn't doubt his, you know, fantasy ability. I I doubted his passing totals, right? I didn't think, you know, coming into this year, he hadn't thrown for over 300 yards once. Then he doesn't in the first two weeks, right? So you don't think that's you think that's possible, right? I, 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 but I didn't really think it was sustainable. And the Bills, the Bills have a good defense, right? I thought they were just going to run the football. Rams have a good defense too. And, and you know, Josh Allen, like you said, three hundred eleven yards, four touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. The fumble doesn't concern me at all. Josh Allen, in my opinion, is a locked lock in for a top six, you know, quarterback for the rest of the season. I agree with that. You know, I have Josh Allen. I, I was high on him even for like. I was high on him all offseason. I thought he was going to be a great quarterback because I, I love that rushing upside, and I saw that high in Josh Allen. So next we'll move on to running backs. You know, we have we have those top performances by, like, Kamara and, you know, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. And then we saw James Robinson. He had, what, like 30, 30 points in, a like, a full PPR league, which, you know, I, I said last week that James Robinson was my guy for the week. And then we also saw Eckler get a good roll in with 23 touches, 12 rushing and 11 receptions, and he also got that touchdown, so he had, like, 31 points. But then some more guys towards the, that were on the waiver wire that we saw pop off were Daryl Henderson, Mike, Mike Davis, he's probably on a bench roll right now, or Rex Burkhead, and then Jeff Wilson Jr. So from those bottom four guys, Jacob, who do you think we can keep see keep that consistent fantasy role? It's between Davis and Burkhead, right? So, or not Burkhead, excuse me, it's between Davis and Henderson. So with Davis, he's going to be relevant as long as Christian McCaffrey's out. And, you know, Davis, he didn't have the greatest rushing day, right? You know, 46 yards on 13 attempts. But it's the receiving day that, you know, saved his fantasy value. And if he's, as long as he's being used in that role, especially in a PPR format, half PPR, full PPR, doesn't matter, he's going to have value for your team. Obviously, we're looking at him a little differently if he doesn't score that touchdown. But he's definitely someone that you're going to be able to plug into your lineups, especially in plus matchups. Now, with Daryl Henderson, this was the same thing with Malcolm Brown. If Malcolm Brown had, you know, strung together two consecutive weeks in a row of, you know, solid fantasy performances, we'd be viewing him in the same exact way that we're seeing him now. However, it's Daryl Henderson. So, McVeigh he wants to have a Kyle Shanahan offense. He wants to ride the hot hand in a running back by committee approach. Right now, Henderson is that hot hand. Rams wants to run the ball, like I said before. They want to run it a lot. They want to have, they want to control, you know, they want to control the clock. Their defense is going to get them stops because it's a very solid defense overall. And, you know, they're, they're going to do what they're able to do. He's definitely someone that I can feel like you're going to be able to, you know, go out and use for the next coming weeks. However, you always have to keep an account. If Henderson fumbles, misses a blitz pickup, does something wrong, it's still a three-headed back. And 
I feel like as soon as Cam Akers comes back, Henderson's value quickly diminishes. So if I'm you right now, if I'm you know a fantasy owner with Daryl Henderson, I am selling him now. I'm selling him. This is probably the highest that he is going to get. And I feel like a lot of managers will bite coming off a game, a great game, with 111 yards off of... 114 yards, excuse me, off of a very stout Bills defense. And like you said before, I view James Robinson as a top 20 back for the rest of the season. Seeing what he did in that game. Now, it's not the greatest defense, but you have to remember, it. he had 78% of the running back touches, right? 78%. That's receptions and rushes. What's interesting to me is, yeah, he only had 40 yards rushing, right? But it's those receiving tolls that really racked him up. And obviously, it's someone that Gardner Minshew is looking for. And he had the two rushing touchdowns as well. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get two rushing touchdowns every week. But obviously, they feel comfortable enough giving him the, the ball at the goal line, right? So, he's definitely someone that you can plug in, especially this week against Cincinnati, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Unless you're Mr. Block. If you're Mr. Block, our journalism <laughs> teacher, do not play James Robinson. I have to play him this week in our fantasy league, and don't play James Robinson, Mr. Block. It's it's a bad play. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Jacob, Mr. Block. Don't play him. Um, all right, we. What you never touched on Jeff Wilson Jr. Do you think when Mostert comes back, he'll be relevant or aren't? No, no, he's not going to be. Mostert's their guy, at least as of right now. What, what we saw, it's going to be a committee. I'm sure Wilson will have a role, and that's why I wasn't huge on Mostert coming into the year because you never really know, right? Mostert did have those two, you know, explosive runs and catches and, you know, the first two weeks that he was able to play, but you can't always rely on those. Mostert's a guy I definitely feel like you could plug in at your flex, and Wilson's a guy that I feel like you can use as long as Mostert's out, uh, as long as McKinnon is, you know, he's going to be in somewhat of a limited role, but uh, once Mostert's out, or once, for all of these guys, once that lead back comes back, it's it's gonna be their value is gonna diminish very quickly. So if you own them, if you can sell them for a season long piece, that's honestly the best case scenario. If you could try and flip Daryl Henderson to a Christian McCaffrey owner, if you could try and flip Jeff Wilson, heck, even Rex Burkhead. As soon as as soon as you know Sony Michelle, James White, and uh, Damian Harris comes back, yeah, for New England. There's going to be no consistency, right? There's going to be absolutely none. Right now, Burkhead, you know, like I said, he only had 49 yards on rushing, right? Two touchdowns, seven receptions, 49 yards. That those All those receptions are going to go to James White. And eventually those rushes are going to be split up between Harris, Michelle, and Burkhead. And it's just not something that you can rely on. So if you can get someone in your league to bite, Get him to bite because, you know, even for a guy like Philip Lindsay, right? He's injured right now. People are probably pretty frustrated with him. If you could flip a guy like Burkhead or, you know, Davis for a guy like Philip Lindsay, who's going to provide you season-long flux value, I would do that every day. I would too. But, um, like you said, I'm not high on Burkhead at all because I think after this week, he's going to go back to getting that, like, what, his average of, like, five points a week. So I just I just... I just didn't see a reason to put in a waiver claim for him this week. But, you know, some people might need him for this week, you know, as a flex option because, as we saw, a lot of injuries happened during the league. And maybe the Titans-Steelers 
game won't count for fantasy points. I don't know. Bunch of bunch of things might happen this week. All right, now we'll move on to receiver. You know, we saw a great game from Tyler Lockett. You know, that's probably one of the best fantasy performances we've seen this week from um this year from a wide receiver. He had nine catches, a hundred yards, and three touchdowns. And then you know we also had great games from like DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Cooper Cup finally got a touchdown and had some rece- nine receptions, uh, 107 yards on that toddy. Uh, Tyler Boyd had receptions of 125 yards, and then Keenan Allen, he he bursted out with 13 catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. You know, Allen Robinson also finally found himself having a good fantasy week. And you know, then there's a couple sleepers, you know, that pop that did good this week. We had Alan Lazard. From the Packers, he had six catches, 146 yards, and touchdown. Then Hunter Renfro, I was high on him. I started in week one and two, where he never did anything. So then I dropped him. And then, <laughs> and then this week, he oh, go- of course. And then this week he goes out, gets six catches, 84 yards, and That's touchdown. That's fantasy football for you. Yeah, but and we also have finally the rookie for the Niners, Brandon Ayuk, five catches, 70 yards. You know, 12 points. You know, through that. But then he also had three rushes, 31 yards, and the touchdown, which made himself. Fantasy relevant with twenty one points, and I was actually happy to see Kenny Galladay. Yeah, uh, first game back, you know, he had a promising performance with like seventeen points, and and a lot of people who have Kenny Galladay loved to loved him finally coming back. And this is these are a couple of deeper guys. Uh, we had Randall Cobb, T Higgins, Greg Ward, Andy Isabella, and then probably one of the better performances from the week, Justin Jefferson. So, Justin Jefferson was my number one claim on the waiver wire. And, of course, you know, I only got him in one league. Jefferson's a guy going forward that I feel you definitely can start, especially in plus matchups. This Minnesota's defense is, you know, it's like anti-Minnesota. It's like the exact opposite of what it was in years past. I would go as far as to say that this is, like, one of the bottom five defenses in the league. They're They're terrible. So they're going to have to throw the ball, right? And with Kirk Cousins throwing the ball, Kirk Cousins is an efficient quarterback. I know he had a big, bad game the other the other day against the Colts, but no, otherwise, he's he's a fairly solid starter. I, not for fantasy, but you know, as a game manager, yeah. Obviously, they're going to want to get the ball to Dalvin Cook, but they're going to have to throw the ball. Right now, it kind of feels like Thielen is Thielen's getting up there in age. I think he's thirty-one now, and. If you watch him, he's just not getting the separation off the line of scrimmage. Corners are able. He's, he was never really a fast guy to begin with. He was always kind of a guy that could find the soft spot in the zone. And, you know, I feel like Jefferson can almost take that Stefan Diggs role with actually a little more upside just because they're throwing the ball a little bit more. So if you can have Jefferson and you want to start him as your flex, you want to start him as your wide receiver three, I got no issues with that going forward. Because out of all these guys that you probably put claims in for, guys like Brandon Ayuk, once Debu Samuel comes back, right, once George Kittle comes back, there are so many other options in this offense. You got Nick Mullins throwing the ball on a team that's run heavy. Now, I'm sure Ayuk will be fine, right? I'm sure he'll be all right, and I'm sure he can give you a a solid fantasy floor. It's just Jefferson provides that league winning upside and that's something that you want. And hopefully you have depth where you don't have to start him every week and you can kind of progress. But if this turns into, you know, kind of like a Terry McLaurin or a or an AJ Brown type scenario, whew, those guys are league winners, man. League winners. I wrote an article about or really you can check it out on prospectornow.com about players that, you know, were on championship teams. And AJ Brown was on 
31% of championship teams. That's the highest percentage of any player. So, obviously, and he was a waiver wire guy most of the time. Or he may have drafted him really late, right? So, it's these type of players that can win you your league. Right now, the waiver wire winner is James Robinson. But obviously, that's why the waiver wire is so important. Because you can find so many other these pieces to fit your lineup. Especially if you've had injuries to guys like, you know, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Mike, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin now. So, there's a lot of options here that you can use. And you just got to stay on top of things. One thing that I want to point out is I usually never do this. And don't do not do this. Never buy a player at his highest value. But I did this over the week. I traded for Tyler Lockett, right? Which is probably, you know, a little bit stupid considering he had a 30-point performance. But I just want the Seattle offense, man. Give me any piece of the Seattle offense. Now, not really too much on, on Chris Carson, but any, any pass catcher, right? And I'm really talking about DK Metcalf. Or, you know, Tyler Lockett. If you can give up a piece, like, I would give up Kenny Galladay for one of those two guys, right? In my opinion, both Lockett and DK Metcalf are wide receiver one top ten lock finishes for the rest of the year. Russell Wilson doesn't need to throw the ball 40 times in a game to, you know, have an insanely five-touchdown game like he did against the Patriots. He did that on 20 attempts. He had, like, what, four or five touchdowns on 20 attempts. So, imagine what happens... When Russell Wilson does need to throw the ball 40 times. I'm totally in on this Seattle offense. And, you know, even if it's giving up a player like like DJ, I'm off of DJ Moore. I'm completely off. I would rather have Tyler Boyd. I was listening to a, an ESPN podcast the other day, and they were like, who would you rather have, Tyler Boyd or, or DJ Moore? And I think I'd rather have Tyler Boyd at this point, right? I mean, like you said, he had a fantastic performance, you know, he looked great. 10 receptions for 125 yards. Jefferson was the guy that Joe Burrow looked for over the middle of the field in college. And right now, that's Tyler Boyd. And the fun thing about slot receivers is the outside corner is not going to come down and guard that receiver. Because as a corner myself, it's a totally different world. Going from the outside where you have the sideline to the middle of the field where they where the receiver can do practically anything he wants. So it's a whole nother position. So you're not gonna get those top Stefan Gilmore type of guys that are covering you or the Tredavious Whites or whatnot. So he's always gonna be, you know, facing off against linebackers, safeties, and you know, slot cornerbacks. So most matchups, he's gonna have a pretty, you know, open middle of the field type of view, and that's exactly what a young quarterback in Joe Burrow is looking for. So, the reason I'm off on DJ Moore, personally, is, yes, he saw eight targets. He had two catches for 65 yards. I'm off it because he's not seen any red zone work, right? So, yeah, you could get over 100 yards every single game. That's great. But that's not going to land you a top 10, top 15 finish. And we've already seen that Teddy Bridgewater wants to keep everything at the line of scrimmage. Outside of his occasional chuck down to Robbie Anderson, everything's pretty much a check down. And that's all right because, you know, DJ Moore is a great player and all, but you're probably going to want for a big performance. I think he could be in a, a big performance this week, but I, I'm, I'm off of him right now. But if you can buy Seattle's offense, do it now before it's too late. Even coming off of two performances, DK Metcalf, should have had something in the 20s, but he fumbled at the at the one-yard line after a touchdown celebration. 
I'd actually prefer Tyler Lockett over DK Metcalf just because I feel like, you know, DK Metcalf doesn't have as much of a floor as Lockett because he only gets around four to like two to four receptions a game. Obviously, he always has his one like 50-yard bomb from Russ. But overall, just buy this offense if you can. Yeah, I agree with you. The Seattle's offense has been pretty high-powered this year, so buy, buy them when you can. You know what? I would just go as far to say it, this might be a hot take. This is definitely a hot take. At this point, I would rather have Tyler Lockett than Julio Jones. It's fair because we haven't, you know, Julio's been hurt this year and he doesn't really see those uh, the red zone targets that much, especially because now they have Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage just stepping up into a, a big role in Atlanta. And they also still have Todd Gurley. And then and then we saw last week Tyler Lockett had three touchdowns. So I, I, I definitely agree with you. You know, I had Julio Jones at the start of the year, but I traded him for Camara. Oh, that worked out. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> yeah. So, what what you just mentioned with Ty Gurley? Sell Ty Gurley now. I know this is kind of off topic, and we're going off your script, which you love so much. But <laughs> sell sell Ty Gurley. This is probably going to be the one of the highest performances that he has. He's averaging like two point nine yards per carry. It probably went up after that Bears game, but I, I'm telling you, sell Todd Gurley. He looked terrible, right? They started giving Hill touches. You know, Hill looked better than, than Gurley at some points in the game. He broke off that huge 40-yard run, that touchdown run, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm selling him now. If you can get a season-long piece, here, I would make this trade. I would trade him for Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is getting the workload. He's just not producing. Say what you want about the line. What they're doing right now is they're stacking the box against Mixon because they know that's what's going to work. But, you know... What do you think is going to happen if Burrow keeps putting up 30 points and, you know, throwing 125 yards to Tyler Boyd? You know, and a bunch of these other performances, you know, to guys all over the field like T. Higgins, right, who, who had two touchdowns. And now they they ran the ball twice, or they threw the ball twice on the one-yard line, which made me a little upset as a Joe Mixon owner. I didn't start him last week, but obviously you want to see those goal line touches. But that's just going to eventually open things up for Joe Mixon. Right, because defenses are gonna have to respect the pass. They're gonna they're going to have to, and if they don't, they're gonna get burned by it, and then they're going to. And what that's gonna do is, and you saw this as the year went on last year, Joe Mixon is gonna find running lanes, and even Bill Belichick has said this before. Joe Mixon is one of the, if not the best running back from a talent standpoint in the league. That's his opinion, right? And I feel like Bill Belichick is a guy that, that we can trust, you know, just a little bit. I think he knows a thing or two about football. Yeah, just a, just a little just, thing or two. Just a little bit. But, you know, with all those Subway commercials, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he's definitely a guy going forward that I would try and put out a trade offer for. Because I'll say it right now. I'm a Joe Mixon owner. I've been very frustrated with Joe Mixon. And if someone gives me the golden ticket to get rid of Joe Mixon, I would be very, you know, obliged to go make a trade for him personally. So, if you're a Joe Mixon owner, hold on. Stay with me. If you don't have too much running back depth, just be happy you have a running back, right? We've seen so many injuries. Be happy that your running back, like, still can move pretty much, and he's still (laughs) playing football. So, hold on to him if you can. And if you don't have him, go make a trade offer for him, you know? Even trade a guy like James Robinson for him. I definitely feel like you could get that deal done. Because eventually, I don't know when, but eventually Joe Mixon is going to break out. 
I agree with you. I, I think Joe Mixon will definitely have a breakout year. I just don't, I mean, season, I just don't know when. Can I tell you one person that I'm, like, absolutely, like, stoked for this week? Who? Kenyon Drake. Man, Carolina's run defense, it's one of the worst in the league, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a little bit of a stat, right? And it's, like, points above, like, you know, def- how many points defenses boost a certain running back, right? So obviously if you're playing like the Steelers, it'd probably be a negative boost. If you're playing a team like the Panthers or the Giants, it's probably going to be a positive boost. Now, the Panthers lead the league with a positive boost of 20. 20 against the run, right? Kenyon Drake, he's been getting the touches. He actually has the fourth most touches as a running back or rushing attempts in my my bad in that mistake. He's the fourth most rushing attempts out of any running back right now. And he's getting the opportunity. He just hasn't had the goal line touches, right? And those will come. And I can easily see Kenyon Drake running all over this Carolina defense in this game. Cliff Kingsbury is, is not a very stupid manager, right? He's, he's a guy that knows what he's doing. As a head coach, he's, he's done some great things. Kyler Murray threw three interceptions last week, right? They, they lost to the Lions. I think he's going to wake up. I think he's going to realize that they have to run the football take some pressure off of Kyler, and overall, that's going to benefit Kenyon Drake in a matchup that definitely can be exploited. I agree with you. Uh, now we'll talk a little bit about tight ends. You know, I, as I saw, not a lot of our star, star-name tight ends did good this week. Yeah, Zach Ertz had seven catches for 70 yards, but that was about it. You know, Charles Kelsey, what, he had like eight catches for nine, like 80 yards too, but nothing, nothing really that big. We saw a lot of decent performances, though, from those tight ends that probably are on your waiver wire like uh, Jimmy Graham who had six catches 60 yards and two touchdowns Eric Ebron had five catches 52 yards and a touchdown Mo Ali Cox like I said last week I, I liked him he had three catches 50 yards and a touchdown and then we get to two guys who you probably haven't heard of Robert Toyen from the I think it's from the Packers he had uh five catches 50 yards and a touchdowns and then Tyler Croft from the Bills with four catches 24 yards and two touchdowns and then we also saw Gronk Finally have some catches with six six catches for 48 yards. What are you thinking right now about the tight end position in, in fantasy football? They're tight ends, right? I, I think that's all I need to say. If you've been playing fantasy football for any extended period of time, you know exactly what I mean. They're tight ends, right? Some weeks are going to be good. Some weeks are going to be bad. If you take away the touchdowns, all these guys are irrelevant, right? All of them are irrelevant. 24 yards. 48 yards, 60 yards, 52 yards, 46 yards. Does that excite you? No, but tight ends are red zone threats. Can you predict when a tight end is going to score a touchdown? Not necessarily, right? I mean, Hayden Hurst probably should have put up a zero, right? But Calvin Ridley was down on like the one yard line and they did a little flip pass to, 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 uh, (laughs) oh my gosh. Hayden Hurst. To Hayden Hurst in the end zone. Thank you, Matt. Right? So, overall, you can't predict this stuff. You know, sometimes they're going to have good weeks. Last week was a great week for tight ends. This week, don't panic on guys like Darren Waller, who had two receptions for, like, what, 19 yards? I think it was nine. Yeah. Not oh, even, God. even break time. That's even worse, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, pretty much what Bill Belichick does on that side is he takes away, he takes away your, your assets, right? He knows Darren Waller is pretty much a wide receiver on that team. And he shut him down. He did pretty much the same thing with Josh Jacobs. So I'm not panicking on those two guys, right? 
I, I'm not panicking at all. And uh, Rob Gronkowski, you know, great. He got six receptions. That's better than the zero for zero he got the other day. Mm-hmm. It's good to see him more involved. I don't think I'm jumping out and, and trying to get any of these guys off the waiver wire. I mean, even Noah Fant right now with the quarterback play, you know, maybe this week against the Jets he could have a good week. Tight ends are a, a guy that, you know, most quarterbacks are always going to look for, especially if they're not comfortable in the pocket. But I, I don't know. You're going to be excited eventually. If you have guys like Kittle that's coming back soon, Kelsey, Waller, I mean, you're you're going to be fine. Even guys like Andrews who had a bad week. Things are going to be okay, right? There's a lot at the end of the tunnel. You just have to keep in mind that these are tight ends. Don't panic. Don't go selling your tight end. Don't go dropping Don't go dropping Mark Andrews on me, but they're, they're tight ends, and that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> All right, now we'll go to a little bit of what people forget about fantasy football. Is we'll, we'll talk a little bit about defenses and kickers. You know, I wrote down three defenses, the two of the top performance this week. And, you know, obviously it was in Indianapolis against the Jets. They had two touchdowns, three picks, a safety, and they only gave up seven points. And then we also saw a good performance from Tampa Bay and San Fran. Do you uh, – we just saw that the uh, Steelers and Tennessee game has been – Postponed, which won't be played at all this week. Tuesday night football? No, like at all. Oh, it's not like, being played at all. No, they're moving it back. When are they moving it to? Later in the season. Oh wow! Yeah. So how is that gonna work now with bye weeks? I have no idea. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to figure it out. I mean, at, at, this is the thing with the new world that we are in. Everything is fluid. Everything changes. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Everything is day-to-day. You could wake up feeling great. Next thing you know, your entire facility is shut down. So I feel like it's patience. You know, I-, I know you care about fantasy. I know you care about DFS. But it's player safety, guys. Don't go tweeting at players, right? You shouldn't be tweeting at players when they, you know, drop a bad fantasy performance, right? They're doing their job for their team, right? They don't care what you say. But they're looking out for their families. It's the same guys with players that opted out. It's the same exact thing. It's their decision, right? Mm-hmm. So don't get upset. You got to work around it. You know, for me, this messes me up. I just picked up Steven Gotowski off of waivers this week, so now I got to go find myself a new kicker. Yeah, who we were going to talk about. So, yeah, I think that's a perfect segue into Gotowski if you want to go into it. Best yeah. kicker performance so far of the year, I believe. Yeah, right? it's, I think he had uh, 25 fantasy points. He went six for six for field goals and he had an extra point. You know, we, we saw... This week, a lot of good kicker performances, you know, with him and then Mason Crosby, who had you know, went 3-for-3 three three from field goals and 4-for-4 four four for extra points. He had 16 points. And then Joey Sly from the Panthers went 5-for-5 five five on field goals. And we also had, like, a consistent, yeah, consistent Matt Prater and Will Lutz, who both, were, who both didn't miss. So, you know, but the one main guy I want to talk about who's not going to Gaskowski is Mason Crosby. He's had three weeks of, like, around 15 fantasy points, you know, which which right now has been better than Julio Jones, a Joe Mixon. I know, <laughs> I, I know, you know. Don't remind me about Joe Mixon, man. Oh, that one stinks. I know, like, you don't put him in, like, the same, like, talk, but does, I heard about a lot about this in, in podcasts, uh, different ones, that does the kicker really matter? The kicker totally matters, man. The, the reason, yes, when we're talking about drafts, kickers don't matter. When we're drafting, kickers don't matter at all. Because 
This is the exact reason why. They change. They're inconsistent. Steven Gotowski went like what? 0 for 4 on his like first attempts of uh on, on his first game with field goals. He was terrible. He was negative. Right? Mm-hmm. So and then he comes out and he scores 25 points. They're inconsistent. Matchups can determine everything. You know, that's why we don't draft a kicker in the first round. We draft them in the last round because you don't know what you're going to get out of them. And you're going to be able to find a replacement. You're always going to be able to find a replacement on the waiver wire. You know, heck, you could have Cairo Santos on on your uh, waiver wire. Not Cairo Santos. Or, yeah, you could have Cairo Santos on your waiver wire and be fine. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and he's not any, he's not any good. He's nothing special, right? Obviously, you have your Will Lutzes and you have your... Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker's, who are always going to be consistent. But outside of those guys, the position's just a, a toss-up for who's going to score the most in a week. And if you can find a consistent kicker, man, you struck gold. You struck gold. I'm telling you. I got Robbie Gold. He's pretty consistent for me. All right, quickly, we'll just give our uh, couple top waiver wires uh, ads for the week. I'll, I'll go first. Um... Obviously, you know, I got Justin Jefferson as my one. Um, I I honestly, you know, if this is a deeper league, like a 12-man league, T. Higgins might be a good option after his good performance. Uh, if you're looking for a tight end, I'd go uh, off the waivers. Jimmy Graham, I saw him get picked up in, like, all of my leagues because he was on the waivers in, like, most of them. And then running back, you know, Daryl Henderson was on – a waiver in one of my leagues. You know, if he's on yours, obviously, Daryl Henderson's a good pick. And for quarterback, I'm going Nick Foles. Nick Foles, man. If he, if you need a quarterback... And I'm Jared Goff. I'm, I'm going Nick Foles, you know? I, I, I don't... I want to see more Foles, right? So, if we took that one quarter against the Lions from Trubisky, and we extended that... Right, and that's all we based our opinion on Mitchell Trubisky about. You would think he's Patrick Mahomes. If we took that one quarter, just that one quarter. Now, Nick Foles easily, easily could have had two or three interceptions. That that one pass that Jimmy Graham caught easily could have been picked. It went right through the defender's hands. So, for for me, I'm not 100% sold yet on Foles as a Bears fan. Oh. Yeah, I totally hope he's amazing. I totally hope he's the solution to all the Bears' problems. But from a fantasy perspective, I feel like it's a wait and see. And I I guarantee you there's better options on your waiver wire. Almost everyone in your league has three quarterbacks. I'm just saying, Nick Foles is my sleeper fantasy waiver wire pick for quarterback. You know, he, he he played. I think he came in on the third. I was I was golfing for a little bit of the game, so I didn't really. I got I got Ryan Tannehill on my waiver wire right now. You're, you're, I you have what? I have Tannehill in my. You, you, I picked him up last week off the waiver. Do you like Tannehill more than you like Foles? <sighs> this, this shouldn't be a this shouldn't be a hey, thought, man. <laughs> Tannehill, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but like he's efficient. They, dude, they, he they scores run, touchdowns. They, they run the ball so much to Derrick Henry that. Not really. Yeah, he had in like, those first two weeks. He had twenty five touches, like twenty. What is it? Twenty six r- touches last week. Yeah, but here's the thing with Ryan Daniel. He doesn't need to throw the ball forty times. Hey, hey, I'm just saying, my guy is Nick Foles. You know, you can have your opinion, but Nick Foles is my I, guy. Well, I have plenty of opinions, Matt. You know that. <laughs> yeah, but my my quarterback waiver wire ad this week is Nick Foles. You don't have to like it. You you don't have to agree with me, but Nick Foles is mine. 
And yeah, no, I don't agree with you. But that's all right. <laughs> he, he threw what three touchdowns in what like a quarter and a half. So I, I'm 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 going Nick. Yeah, the Falcons defense is absolutely garbage. But like, I'm still going Nick Foles. You want to change my mind at all? Who, who who do you got this? Who who are some of your waiver wire ads? Uh, I, there's one I'm focusing on. It, it's Justin Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean that's that's this waiver wire week. If you're playing in a, a fab league, free agent budget or whatever it's called. You're not spending more than 15% on any of these guys. Jefferson's the only one that I really want. And if you're able to get him, be happy. Otherwise, these all these guys are one-week fill-ins, pretty much. One or two-week fill-ins. Maybe if you're Mike Davis is still in your waiver wire, four at most. But uh, hopefully these guys can continue to have a role. But like I said, I, I don't see too much of a path for you know extended success. Other than Justin Jefferson, he's he's the clear he's the clear, hundred percent your top waiver wire ad this week. You should get if you see him on the waiver wires. There's definitely at least one player on your bench you could drop to get him. Yeah, I'm fine with T. Higgins too, just because of how much they throw the ball there in Cincy, which is a double-edged sword because I'm saying that they need to run the ball with Joe Mixon, but I don't know. T. T. Higgins is a guy you want to keep an eye on because, like we said. We're getting into the start of the season where we're just going to see start of these, some of these rookies emerge because right now is about the time where we'd actually be starting the season if we're, like, thinking about preseason games, right? Because you get four preseason games, yeah, right? So these are these rookies' first-ever games playing on a pro stage. So they're starting to get acclimated. They're starting to get used to, you know, the climate, what the, the play is like, and We've already seen a couple had some, you know, breakout performances. So it's just a consistency thing from this point going forward. And I agree with everything you said. So, guys, that that's gonna wrap up today's episode. Jacob, thank you again for to, uh, tuning in, and hope you guys can use our uh, our opinions to better your team. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.